Thanks so much for your worship. You can be seated. Thank you, Cynthia and our worship team. Good morning, everyone. Hope you're doing well today. For those of you I don't know, my name's Todd, and uh, I'm glad that you are here today. I'm glad that you have joined uh, with us. And uh, we are in a series that we have entitled All In. We're in week three of this uh, four-week series where we're walking through uh, four different elements uh, and environments, if you will, of our church. And I'll explain just in a few moments kind of where that comes from. But the first thing that I want to do is I want to ask Todd and Sammy Cooper. Uh, Todd Todd and Sammy moved here from Tulsa, Oklahoma, just a few weeks ago. And Todd is our new student pastor, and they're going to be handing out one of these green cards, one per family. Uh, They're really lime, I guess you could say they are. So they're lime cards. So anyway, so they're going to be passing these out to you. Why don't you give it up for Todd and Sammy, by the way. They, uh, they moved here from Tulsa just a few weeks ago, and yesterday they moved into their condo. So there is actually uh, the Cooper House now on Hilton Head Island. So we're really excited for you guys. And if you're in middle school or if you have a middle schooler, you can be here at 5 o'clock tonight, uh, high school at 7. Uh, we're looking forward to a great night uh, in our student ministry. I'm passing these out, and I'm going to ask you to uh, just be looking at them as the service goes on. It's okay to have your head down this morning. Um, it's fine. It doesn't distract me. It doesn't distract me every week you do it. So don't worry about that. So uh, anyway, you can have your head down and be looking at these and be praying through these. Some of you took these cards with you, and uh, you were praying through them as the week went on. We are going to be uh, talking about grow, and these are our growth groups, our growth environments that we have, and they consist of life groups and Bible studies and mentoring groups, and I'll be explaining all that towards the end of our message this morning. We are going to take a a very close focus on these uh, as we wrap up the message this morning, Um, and so uh, we'll be looking at those in detail, but you can be looking at them as the service goes on uh, as well. Just a little bit of background on this particular message series. Late this spring and early into the summer, uh, I began to pray about uh, um, just our church, and God began to reveal some things about Hilton Head Island Community Church to me as the lead pastor, and just really felt like uh, we we needed to uh, shore up some areas or uh, uh, just kind of focus on some areas. And one of the things that uh, really began became uh, kind of a passion of mine was putting a strategy or environments, if you will. Uh, to help support a great mission statement that we have that comes directly uh, really from the great commission that Jesus gave his disciples or his followers in Matthew chapter 28. And God laid on my heart these four different environments, uh, worship, grow, serve, and play. Don't you love that last one, play? I bet we'll have standing room only next week when we talk about play. That's going to be great. And that's a different kind of strategy, different environment. But um, when we look at these different areas, um, these are environments or a strategy of how we will accomplish our mission to passionately share the message of Jesus Christ and to lead people to follow him. So we worship together, we grow together, we serve together, and we play together. And so the last few weeks, we've talked about the worship and serve part of that, and we have different statements to go along with those, and they are in the opposite side of your notes. By the way, you can take your notes this morning, and you can follow along. I'll be getting to those in a few minutes, but you can also access those uh, on our new website. Um, Our new website launched uh, a couple weeks ago, and you can find those under the media section. If you click media, Uh, You'll go to a main page under media, and it'll be right there at the top of that page there. You can access the notes. And so I want to encourage those of you who have uh, smartphones, PDAs, 
maybe even Palm Pilot in here. And uh, you can access those. Uh, you can do it with Android or iPhone, whatever you have. Uh, so you can access those. But we uh, began to center around these different environments, these different areas as a church. And um, these are our strategies. This is our strategy. So let me go over these statements and kind of cover this. The first one is worship. I love this statement. This is fantastic. Um, we hold nothing back in our worship of God, our creator, his son Jesus, our savior, and the Holy Spirit, our comforter, as we meet together corporately and live our individual lives for him. And in week one, we focused on worship and the challenge to you, and I hope you're taking up this challenge. It certainly appears as if you're taking up that challenge today, because we have a pretty packed room, that uh, it is important for us as Christ followers, for you as Christ followers, for me as a Christ follower, to be committed um, to the act of, of being in worship with other believers on a regular basis. And so I challenged you to make a commitment to be here at church, in church, worshiping together. It's an important part of the Christian life. And so we began by focusing on regular attendance, unity, and generous giving. And let me just stop for a moment and say this about generous giving. I'll mention it at the end of the message too. But um, I, I want to uh, thank those of you who have been giving faithfully over the last weeks, months, and years. Um, each and every dollar that you give, that you bring in, based on your obedience to God, um, is used, first of all, in a responsible way, but it is also necessary for the workings of Hilton Head Island Community Church. And I want to thank those of you who give. Thank you so much for your generosity. These past two weeks, we haven't met our budget, uh, we haven't even really come close uh, but we've uh, averaged about 12000 and a few hundred dollars each week. And I got to tell you, even you all uh, responding to God and being obedient and being consistent in giving helps us out tremendously. And so we as a staff are working on some ways that we can lower our weekly need. We're looking at very carefully over the next few weeks. And I'm going to ask you to continue to give for those of you who already do. And for those of you who don't, don't miss out on the joy of giving. It's an act of worship, and it goes right along with everything that we do as a church. And so I want to encourage you on that. Our bottom line question for week one was when it comes to your corporate worship, is Hilton Head Island Community Church that church? Is it that church or is it my church or is it your church? We talked about here on Hilton Head Island, I've got a lot of response from this uh, illustration that we, you know, some of us live on the north end and some of you others live on the south end and we have our Starbucks and our McDonald's and our place that we go, our bank, so on and so forth. But if you're really all in with your church, wherever it is, you got to say it's your church. You got to say it's my church. It's not just that church. And so we challenge you with that. Week two, we focused on serve, and we said that being all in when it comes to our serving means that we serve our friends, and we serve our family, and our church, and our community. And we talked about serve in our statement. It's on the other page of your notes there. We create margin in our daily lives so that we can serve our family and friends and church and neighbors and complete strangers in whatever way that's helpful. We have to create room in our schedule to be able to do that. If all we have is schedule from beginning to end, there's no margin to be able to help serve. And so we have to plan and we have to be a part of that. Next week, we'll focus on play and our statement for play as we recognize the importance of connecting with our church family in times where we play together, we get together, we gather together, and enjoy each other because we were never meant to do the Christian life alone. And today, we come to grow, and our statement for grow is we are intentional in how we grow in our relationship with God by being in community 
with others. Studying the Bible, praying to God, and allowing the Holy Spirit to influence our life choices. And that's what we're going to be focusing on today. We're going to be focusing on what it means to grow in your faith journey or in your faith walk. And so we're going to be taking a very close look at that this morning. And my prayer over these last few weeks, and our leadership have been praying about this, our staff and stewardship team and elders have been praying that you all would sign up to be a part of a growth environment. Because let me just say this, it is impossible, it is impossible to do the Christian life by yourself. The sports analogy, analogy would be that the Christian life is not golf, it's football. It's the beginning of NFL today. Go Atlanta Falcons. Okay, I'll mention that. And uh, so it is important for us to understand that it is a team sport. When we're doing the Christian life together, some of our, me included, some of our kind of natural tendency is to say, this is something I do by myself, but we were never intended to do this life by ourselves. In fact, God, the very nature of God, demonstrates by itself, by himself, that we were not meant to be alone. God is a triune God, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And that's a concept that is so hard for us to understand. But God is three in one. The very nature of God breathes community. And so we as his people, we as sons and daughters and children of God reflect that nature we were meant to be in community. It's important. It is vitally important for the Christian life. Take a look at your notes this morning. We're going to be walking through these notes and making very, very personal application through that lime card that you have in your hand. Take a look at these notes. We're going to be covering characteristic of what, characteristics of what it means to be all in when we're intentional about our relationship with God, the first thing that we do is we do it through the understanding that our spiritual life is first and foremost a journey. Through the understanding that our spiritual life is a journey. I realize that some of our tendency is to kind of sum up the um, Christian life or the spiritual life and think that it's maybe a direct path from, from A to B. Um, that would be really nice, but that's not how life works, does it? That's not how life works. The, the spiritual life is a journey, and sometimes we try to make it so simplistic, overly simplistic, to the point that we get disappointed when our spiritual life is interrupted by life itself. Our lives, our spiritual lives, our journey. Take a look at the um, uh, conversation that Paul has, the writing that Paul has to the church in Ephesus in Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. Um, this passage, by the way, that we're going to be looking at today, we're going to be looking at one main passage today and then a few other uh, passages. This passage has become a pillar for me in, in my own personal life over the summer and, and the spring. And it was really the beginning of what, um, what began this whole message series as I began um, to study this and, and God led me to this passage. And I hope it's as much of an encouragement and a challenge for you as it has been for me. Take a look at what the Apostle Paul says in this letter that he writes to the church at Ephesus. Um, it's a largely an encouraging letter to the people in Ephesus. And he writes this. Take a look at this. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Verse 2, with all humility and gentleness, 
with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit of the bond of peace. He begins, the Apostle Paul begins by telling us that this is a walk. That this is a walk. And I want to talk about that word specifically. The word walk literally means a journey. It literally means that um, we, we have this idea that we are supposed to behave or conduct ourselves in a certain way. Here's what Paul is saying, Christ follower. Paul is saying this. Your regular life and your spiritual life are to be one in the same. He is not making a distinction that there can be this category of like, this is how I live my regular life, and then I have my spiritual life over here. Because if we do that, if we have the tendency to do that, if we have the tendency to compartmentalize our spiritual life with our regular life, then we are going to be inconsistent, no doubt, in how we live our lives. What we do in private is going to be different than what we do in public. And God does not like that. And by the way, people see through that, don't they? They see the hypocrisy. They see the inconsistency in that. See, Paul is saying that our walk, a journey with God, is the same as our life. They, they go together. They, they blend together, or they should blend together. I see a lot, of, a lot of Christ followers, and I've gone into this trap too a time or two, where we have our spiritual lives, and we compartmentalize them, and we have this great time with God. And we're committed to reading His Word. And then we, we disconnect from that in that moment and we go live our lives and our lives look nothing at all in how we live them like our spiritual life was in the closet. And Paul is saying here that our walk and our regular lives are meant to be joined together. That this over here should determine how we should Live, that there shouldn't be an inconsistency, that we shouldn't compartmentalize them, that they should look the same, that we should live in a manner worthy of the calling. If you're a Christ follower in here, you're called to a higher calling, that there shouldn't be an inconsistency. People will see right through it. And part of the problem is, is that we view our lives as linear. We view our spiritual lives as linear. We compartmentalize them. Um, it, it's not necessarily a straight line from point A to point B because life happens. And so, Christ follower, we shouldn't be surprised when somebody disappoints us. We shouldn't be surprised when somebody lets us down. We shouldn't be surprised when somebody does something that forces us into a position of having to pick up the pieces because we so thought the Christian life would be this nice, neat little package. One of my pet peeves is when people say, just become a Christ follower, everything will be great. Huh. Those of you who have been Christ followers for any time, we laugh at that, don't we? Because we are called to a high calling, and sometimes that means we'll go through suffering. We'll go through anguish, we'll go through pain. The Christian life is not linear. It's a journey. It's a walk. It's an adventure sometimes with ups and downs. And for some of you, you have great days or weeks or months where you spend quiet time with God and you're learning and growing and all of a sudden something happens in your life and you're disrupted and weeks and months go by and you've forgotten about this journey. 
because you're viewing it as linear, not as an adventure. I remember the first time I went over to Europe, uh, it was with my mentor. We're going to be talking about mentoring. Uh, Jeff Cranston, uh, this is back in 2000. Actually, it wasn't the first time I went to Europe, but it was the first time that I noticed this. We flew over, and I realized as I looked out the left side of the plane that we could see um, Iceland, and we could see like kind of that, that southern tip of Greenland. And I thought, wait a minute. We flew from New York, and we're flying over to England. Isn't it in a straight line? That's not the, how the airlines do it. They want to save gas, and they want to save money, and so they go up north, and they fly, uh, you know, according to the curvature of the earth. It's not a straight line. That's the way the Christian life is. It's not a direct route. There are going to be times, and there are going to be things. Think about vacation. I mean, if you ever went on vacation, you always get lost on vacation, especially in the days before the smartphones, right? You always get lost at some point in time. There are times in our Christian life where we will get lost, and we don't need to be surprised we don't need to be surprised because we think that the spiritual journey is going to be easy. We don't think it's going to be the path of least resistance. There will be trying times. There will be suffering. There will be times that we get disrupted. We can't compartmentalize our spiritual journey and the rest of life. They truly go hand in hand. And that's the first characteristic is to realize that you and I are seriously on a journey. That's why I describe it that way when I talk about it. You notice that? I talk about it as the spiritual walk or the spiritual life or the spiritual journey because we are on a journey. Point number two, characteristic of being all in. Include being intentional about our relationship with God. Secondly, through the attitude that our spiritual journey is intended to benefit the church. Our spiritual journey is intended to benefit the church. When it comes to our spiritual journey, there's often a, a bit of selfishness that we have. And, and let me just pause and, and give a caveat here. Um, you need to have a, a, an element of selfishness when it comes to your spiritual journey, because here's, here's what I want to encourage you on. There needs to be time when you put everything and everyone else aside so that you can be in solitude, so that you can focus on God, so that you can grow in your faith journey. I hope you understand that. There needs to be an element of that in your spiritual journey, in your spiritual life. But the end result, the purpose, the ultimate goal is not for you to go in hiding with God and not have it affect those around you. Your spiritual journey should ultimately not be a selfish thing in and of itself. Are you with me? Your spiritual life is intended it is intended to impact those around you, first and foremost, your family, secondly, your church. Your spiritual life, that thing that you do in private with God, that time when you are selfish and you put all things and all people aside to focus on Him, it is intended to be for the good of the church. Paul continues to write this in verses 11 through 13. Look at this. He says this. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. Those are different spiritual gifts. We'll talk about that one day when we talk about spiritual gifts. Verse 12, to, what's that next word? Equip, say it with me, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the what? The body of Christ. There it is right there. You see, listen, Christ follower, that's our purpose. It's the body of Christ. It's the betterment of the body of Christ. 
It's for the betterment of the church that you are a part of, and then also the church worldwide, those who are Christ followers worldwide. I want to consider a few words here from the original language and, and tell you what they were, were really meant to mean. We'll talk about verse 13 in a moment. The word equip means to bring someone else to completion or to bring them up. The picture that I have here is you're walking on a ladder and someone else below you needs help and you reach down. Don't worry, I'm not going to fall, I promise. You're, they're going to reach down to help you or to help them. You're going to reach down to help them back up. That's what the word equip means. It means to help someone up the rung a little bit. It means literally to bring someone else or to bring them to completion. Saints means a person who belongs to God. That's the church. <laughs> Sometimes we have this view of saints, um, and we've gotten this wrong throughout history, that a saint is someone who has died, who is a great man or woman of God. A saint is all of you who are Christ followers, all of us who are Christ followers, and all the people worldwide who are Christ followers. It literally means in the original language, someone who belongs to God. And so our purpose is to help bring others up who belong to God. The word work, I love this. Paul used a very interesting word here. He says, he says in, in uh, verse uh, 12, or in, uh, in verse 12, he says, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So he's saying that we need to reach down to help someone else up for the work of the ministry. The word work he used, he used a legal term. And it literally means a binding legal obligation to do a task. The task is defined in the next word, ministry, and that means work that benefits others. That's all it means. So do you see what Paul is trying to do here? He is trying to tell the church in Ephesus that your spiritual growth is not just for you. It's for those who you are bringing up in Christ. It is to help equip them for the work of the ministry. That legal binding obligation part there means that you and I who are Christ followers have an obligation, a responsibility to be about the work of the ministry. You see, our spiritual lives are really not meant for us. It's meant for us to share with others. There was a movie that um, we saw several years ago with our kids, and they were actually way too young to see it. It was called Wally. Some of you have seen Wally, and there's a portion of Wally and kind of this theme in Wally that um, the, the humans have created automation so that they can be served food all the time in this ship called the Axiom. Some of you have seen this. And, and so they, they just keep getting fed food all the time by these robots, this automation. And over and over and over, they're receiving food. And as they get more and more food, they get to the point where they're morbidly obese to the point where they literally cannot do anything at all. They just take and take and take and take. And listen, the tendency, unfortunately, for some of us, me included, is to treat our spiritual lives like those humans in Wall-E. We take and we take and we take and we take and we do it to the point that we find ourselves spiritually morbidly obese and we can't even be effective to anyone else. Paul was saying just the opposite, that our purpose is to affect the church and to influence the church. We shouldn't become malcontent and spiritually morbidly obese and we can change our attitude if we think of our spiritual lives our spiritual growth, the purpose of which 
is to influence the church and to help others come up. Thirdly, characteristics of being all in include being intentional about our relationship with God through the mindset that Jesus is both the source of the spiritual growth and the goal of spiritual growth. Isn't that good? He is both the source of spiritual growth and he is the goal of spiritual growth. Listen, it's all about him. It's all about Jesus Christ. That's why we sing the songs that we sing. And I realize that there may be some of you who are here today and you're not yet a Christ follower and everything I'm saying is a little bit confusing and that's okay. My, my prayer and my goal would be for you that as your life matures and goes on that people and things would be put in your life that you would one day recognize that it's truly all about Jesus. Your spiritual life, Christ follower, really is all about him and it begins and it ends and it continues because of him. He is the beginning, he is the journey, and he is the end. He's everything. He's everything. And so in your spiritual lives, I want to caution you and I want to challenge you to not be focused on other things. Man, there's a lot of things that you can put in your lives, talks, devotionals, books that are really good. But if they don't lead you to become more like him, it's just reading. That's all it is. It's just information. Our purpose, our goal in life should be to become more like Jesus. And when we focus on him, when we focus on what he is doing in the course of human history and in our lives, then we truly do become more like him. He is really the source of spiritual growth. He's also the goal of spiritual growth. Look at verse 13 of Ephesians 4. Until we all attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Is your own personal spiritual journey about other things, or is it really about Jesus? You see, it's kind of a circular thing there. We, we learn more about Jesus. We read more about Jesus so that we can become more like Jesus, so that we can worship him in a better way, so that we have a better understanding of who he is. He is the Son of God, the Savior, and that's what our spiritual growth should be about. That's what Paul's saying there. And fourthly and finally, Characteristics of being all in include being intentional about our relationship with God through the commitment, the commitment to pursue spiritual growth. Look at this, verse 14 through 16. Paul writes this. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is the real deal right here. He says, do all those things so that, here's why, here's why we do it, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Verse 15, rather speaking the truth in love. We are to, say those next two words with me, grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. There it is, it's about him again. Verse 16, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which is equipped when each part is working properly makes the body grow up so that it builds itself up in love. You see, Paul is saying here, Christ follower, that we need to have a certain level of commitment to this whole concept of the spiritual journey. Because here's why. Here's what happens. It has happened in my life and no doubt it's probably happened in many of your lives. We view the Christian life as overly simplistic, overly linear. 
It's from point A to point B. And in terms of heaven, it is. There's no doubt about it. But in terms of our lives, um, I don't know about your life, but I often have struggles. I often have interruptions. Any of you have interruptions in your life? Any of you have distractions in your life? Any of you ADD like I am? All right, anyway, I just, yeah, I just proved I'm ADD there, didn't I? Life is not simple, and it's not in this neat, nice little package. And that's why, Christ follower, we need to have a solid commitment to the idea of growing spiritually. It's important for us to do that. It's important for us to get away, to retreat, and to get into that secret place and have time with God. And it's also important for us to take that out and influence each other and influence the world. Our spiritual life is important because when we have those interruptions, when we have those distractions, when we have those ADD moments, when we have that suffering and affliction and that job surprise that you might have tomorrow morning and students, that interruption that comes in terms of your spiritual life and your spiritual growth as soon as you get to school on Monday morning, when you have those, if you are committed, if you are connected, if you are truly passionate about your walk with God, you'll be anchored to the truth of his word and you won't be tossed about. Life won't throw you as much as it does if you're connected to the truth, if you're connected to Christ. It's so important. And the whole purpose of this is for us as Christ followers to grow up. Now, here's how it affects the church. Here's how this plays out at Hilton Head Island Community Church or any church that you may be a part of if you're vacationing from somewhere up north, I'm sure. I didn't mention Ohio specifically, did I? <laughs> but I just did, so there you go. So anyway, here's how this plays out. This is not just an individual thing. This is each one of us being serious about our faith walking. It's not about having knowledge. It's not about academics. It's not about filling our minds with information about God's word or the Bible, although all those things are really important. But it's about us Hilton Head Island Community Church, or whatever church you attend, being committed, being solidly committed, all of us, to our own spiritual growth. What could happen in our church if we all were seriously committed to our spiritual growth? Oh, man. God would do amazing things in our midst. God would do remarkable things. It would turn our church upside down and as a result it would turn our communities upside down you know how i know that because that's what happened in the first century in the first chapter of acts all of society got turned upside down because the christ followers were committed to this idea of a spiritual journey of growing in their faith how does that play out here at Hilton Head Island Community Church? I want you to take a look at a passage. It's from Acts 2, 42 through 47. We actually are kind of using this as our main passage, our springboard passage on this. First of all, um, I, my challenge to you is this, um, is to get in a growth group because you can't do this alone. Yes, there's a part of this that involves you being by yourself, but you've got to get in a group. And at Hilton Head Island Community Church, we have three different now this fall, as of this fall, ways for you to get involved. And I'm going to draw your attention to this card. And then we're going to look at the, the verse that I'm talking about, the passage that we're talking about. First of all, I want to encourage you to get involved in a life group. 
A life group is a group of people who meet on a regular basis for the purpose of Bible study and prayer and fellowship and service. And they meet together, usually in homes. There's a few that meet here on our campus, on our church campus. Most of them meet in homes and out at coffee shops and that sort of thing. My Starbucks. I'm just kidding. Um, so anyway, that was, if you didn't get that, it was from a few weeks ago. But anyway, um, so we, we meet in homes and out in the community for the purpose of Bible study, prayer, fellowship, and service together. And that's what life groups are all about. Usually, the, the, what we study is based on some kind of DVD curriculum, okay? And, and it's based on something that's already, you know, kind of been created and out there. You can turn the card over. Bible studies are exactly the same thing as life groups, except their focus is actually going to be in a teacher-student format, and, and they take place here at the church. And, and I'm going to hit these in a minute. We're going to walk through these, and I'm going to talk about that last environment in a minute. But look at Acts 2.42 through 47. This is the original church, and I know we've gone over this before, but it can't hurt to go over it again. Look what happened. They devoted themselves. There's the commitment I'm talking about. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayers. And awe came on every soul and many wondrous signs and miracles were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all those things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds as they had need. And day by day, attending the temple... And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and sincere hearts, generous hearts, praising God and having the favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Listen, church, this group of first Christians, they were committed, they were committed to spiritual growth, each one of them. The way that we know that they were committed, first of all, it says they were devoted to those things. But the way that we know that is because God did amazing things in and through them. I mean, we can look around and, and question our spiritual growth if God's not doing things through us. He did it in the first century. He can do it with us. Take a look at these groups here real quick. We've got a lot of different groups. We've got um, Keith and Sandy Key leading a, a group uh, based on, on, on um, the five level languages for teenagers. That's a good one. Wow, that's incredible. Um, uh, uh, Cynthia and I are leading one here. Um, if you have a middle school child or a high school child, you can bring them here, and, or middle school, drop them off here, and we're going to meet at 445 in here, um, and we're going to go over parenting issues because I need that as a parent. So I have two kids, and I need it. Rob and uh, Tara are leading one at their home on uh, Friday night. Mike and Sarah Flood, by the way, are not leading a um, family group, or a, I'm sorry, a couples group at 645 a.m., are you, Mike? They're leading it at 6.45 p.m. That was just a little typo that we had. They didn't want to get up that early in the morning um, on Sunday nights. Uh, Gary Harrison's had a group for a while there in Palmetto Halls. For anyone, there's their topic of study is uh, uh, Lord Change My Attitude. A great study. Uh, um, uh, Karen Kapiski's leading one for young singles, talking about defining moments. Debbie Edward leading one here uh, for women uh, called Who is Jesus? Ann Coyle leading one here. She's been doing it for a year now. Uh, leading one here in backstage called uh, Brave, Honest Questions Women Ask. Jessica Maples is leading one uh, uh, called Sacred Echoes, and I believe that's taking place at the Starbucks on the North End. Stacy Mitchell, Live Again, Wholeness After Divorce. Devin Bradley, Authentic Manhood on Thursday mornings. Andy Colop, Handling Life's Transitions. That's um, for uh, men in particular uh, who are um, going through kind of the middle of their life. 
and, and wondering about things. And so those are our life groups. Now, listen, there are other life groups that aren't listed on here, and you go to our website and do a search on them. These are the ones that are open right now. These are the ones that we knew about heading into these few weeks. There are others that you can go and you can search on those online. Get committed and be in a, in a life group. On the back are the Bible studies that are being led. We have two Bible studies that are being led that are happening here on our church campus. One is by Mindy Hopman. It's going to be for women, and uh, they are going to be looking at the Gospels. I can't wait for some of you ladies to be involved in that study. It's going to be tremendous Tuesday morning. Uh, the time on that's to be determined based on the need. And we have Joe Newton and Dick King that are going to be doing a study on my favorite book of the New Testament, Ephesians, what we just looked at here today, a fantastic study that's going to be happening in Backstage on Tuesday evenings. And then we have other classes that will be starting, other life groups and Bible studies that will be starting in the future. You can let us know about. Those are important. It's important to be a part of that. But I realize that for some of you, the concept of life group and Bible study, it really will help in your spiritual growth. It'll help you grow spiritually. To have the accountability to stay connected to a group of people is huge. But for some of you, maybe if you're new in your faith or maybe if you're struggling in your faith, you need that personal connection. And so we are starting mentoring groups. Listen, when I was a teenager, Jeff Cranston mentored me for about 10 months during the school year, nine or 10 months. And for a period of nine months... He helped me galvanize my faith. I would not be here today if it weren't for my youth pastor making a school year long investment in my life. And the mentoring relationship lasted that long. Our relationship has been 25 years plus. Some of you need just that little bit of extra help to kind of understand the Bible better, understand what it means to merge your Christian life with your faith walk. And so if you are here today and you want to be a part of a mentoring group, please let us know by marking those at the bottom there on the back of that card. Listen to what Titus says, and this is from the message, and we'll close with this. This is from the message. This is a paraphrase. Titus is, is writing here, and he's describing, describing this idea of spiritual mentoring. Listen, this isn't business mentoring. It's not life mentoring. It's not life skills. It's not like, you know, I'm going to be a better business person or a better, um, you know, a person in general. This is spiritual. That may happen, but this is spiritual guidance and mentoring. That's what this is about. Titus says this, your job is to speak out on the things that make for solid doctrine. Doctrine is knowing what you believe. Guide older men, he says to the men, into lives of temperance and dignity and wisdom and into health, uh, healthy faith, love, and endurance. And then he speaks to the women. Guide older women into lives of reverence so they end up, end up as neither gossips nor drunks, but models of goodness. By looking at them, the younger women will know how to love their husbands and children, be virtuous and pure, keep a good house, be good wives. We don't want anyone looking down on God's message because of their behavior. Also, guide the young men to live disciplined lives. This whole concept of mentoring is something that goes back to the first century. The first church was involved in discipling or mentoring. And church, when we do this, we do it not for ourselves. We don't do it because we want to become better, although that may be the result. We do it because we find where our joy is. And the psalmist said that our joy or our delight ought to be found in him. 
You see, when we are committed to the concept of growing in our faith walk, then, then we'll find where our true delight is. We'll find where our true significance can come from. And when that happens, then Jesus says in Matthew 5, that he will give us the desires of our heart. The psalmist says this, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Church, we will never do anything great for God unless we all are in, in terms of our spiritual growth. And a huge, huge part of that means making the commitment to being a part of a biblical environment for growth. I want you to pray about those cards. These groups are starting the week after next, most of them, and I want to encourage you to fill out that card. Turn it into the basket as you leave today. There are baskets as you leave. Make a commitment. The leaders of each of those groups will be in contact with you. They'll reach out to you on more details about your group. Don't miss the opportunity. If this is your church, then make it your church by being involved in a community where you can connect with others. Father God, thank you so much for this idea that we can have a journey with you. Help us to understand that it is a journey and we are going to have ups and downs. We are going to have good days and we're going to have bad days. Help us to understand that it really truly is all about you. It's not about us. Help us to understand that both the source and the goal is to become more like you. And God, I pray for people who are in this room right now who maybe have felt disconnected. They may have felt disjointed from the life of the church. Father God, these growth communities are a way to work out what we do in private with you. And God, I pray that you would help raise up people here at Hilton Head Island Community Church who are committed to both that private time with you and that working it out in public. And God, may we be solidly committed to the aspect of growing in our journey with you. Help us, Father God, to have the discernment, the patience, the persistence to find that environment that's right for us. And God, may we follow in obedience with what you want us to do in terms of growing in our faith with you. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for your love and your grace. And may we, Father, find our delight in you. In Jesus' name I pray.